Hello everybody, welcome back to the Japanaholic Podcast. The Wabaya Podcast surrounded with topics all about Japan, anime, and games discussed by a certified Japanaholic. I'm your host, Taylor Fry, and this is officially the first episode of the Japanaholic Podcast in the brand new year of 2021. It's going to be difficult for me to say 2021 and not 2020, because 2020 has been quite an eventful year for a lot of bad reasons, of course. But right now we're in 2021, and before we get into any kind of new topics that I want to talk about for 2021, first we have to look back at some of the best, well not the best, not really the best, excuse me, the top news articles, news, topics, shows, that sort of stuff of December of 2020. All the news articles I'll talk about here can be read online on AnimeNewsNetwork.com, uh, which is one of the one of my personal favorite websites to go whenever I look at news and stuff like that. But before we get into uh, the first topic that I want to talk about here, um, which if you're brand new to this entire this entire series that I've done, where every every first Wednesday I go through every single top news article of the month and discuss it okay from the previous month i've always i've done that for the past couple months now but if this is your first time um the first time listening to this i do not talk about the the articles i talk about are not in any specific order it's literally just if i find them first i talk about them first if i talk about them the last then i talk about them lastly you know um, but, uh, if you're new to this, to this podcast, make sure to hit the follow button because I do want to quickly talk about this. Um, this may be brought back up next week when I have Alex back on here again, because we're going to be talking about some virtual YouTubers again. Um, but before we get into news articles, I wanted to bring this up because I got an email not too long ago. Um... From I think it was like podstats.com. I don't remember the actual website. I could be wrong. If they're 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 they may be listening to this right now. Somebody could be who's who works there. I don't know. But they sent me a, an email. At first I shrugged it as spam because you know more more times than not those can be spam. But I got an email and I actually looked at it. It was like you know it's it, it said like the Japanaholic podcast has been doing really well as of recently. In fact. And it gave me three statistics I don't want to quickly talk give off real quick. The first stat is that this podcast, I think this was for the month of December actually, but it could be wrong. I didn't really specify anywhere in the email, but it did say that the podcast was number one in the animation and manga podcast in the country of Italy. Not only that, but in the entire category of leisure, I think that's what I think that's how you say it. It was ranked like 26th, 27th somewhere around that region in Italy as well. Kind of kind of great coincidence because one of my favorite bands of all time is uh an Italian power metal symphonic band named Rhapsody. Uh fun fact for me. Uh it, it also gave me a stat I hit my microphone sorry. It also gave me a stat for um for the states, for the United States. Uh say that this was uh this podcast is number 56 uh at least for the past 30 days, which I thought was pretty interesting considering um, 
I, I kind of didn't figure this podcast was that big, but I guess it has been getting big over the past couple of years. I want to talk more about that, uh, not next week, but the week after, because I kind of want to go over some New Year's resolutions, because I do want to talk about that. So there's a couple episodes that I have planned for this podcast episode, but I have to go over these news articles because there was a lot, and I mean a lot, of interesting news to come out of this year. Um, we're going to talk first off about the entire year of 2020. And we're going to talk about Amazon Prime for just a little bit. Um, because Amazon Japan just as of recently revealed their most watched animes on Prime Video for the entire year of 2020. Um, a common theme that was going around here, not only in 2020, but also in 2019, was the rise of of certain anime uh, streaming services uh we also yes we have seen the fall of a lot of them but the rise of legal ones has been quite 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 noticeable we've had amazon prime we've had netflix crackles getting a piece of the anime action i think you know a lot of please a lot of streaming services lately have been getting anime under their belts and amazon video which is one of them amazon prime video excuse me recently released not only their top five animated films of the service, but their top five uh, television uh, films, television films, excuse me, uh, television anime series. Um, So I'll go over these real quick. Uh, the top five animated anime films on Prime Video uh, was Burn the Witch, Good to Be in the Corner, Dragon Ball, Zuper, Broly, Promare and The Secret Life of Pets 2, which I don't think that last one's an anime. I don't think... Uh, anyways, uh, as for the television the animes, no surprise, we have the second season of ReZero, Fire Force, Jujutsu Kaisen, Haiku to the Top, and the Sanafu series, the Origayu series. Uh, and it also says at the bottom, the live-action film uh, adaptation of Kingdom was featured in the action film category, and the live-action television series of Laidback Camp was featured in the uh, domestically produced drama category. I only brought this up because of the fact that Laidback Camp was a part of this. I, I can't, I'm not going to talk much about Laidback Camp today because of the fact that, well, I, I truly love... I truly love uh, Laidback Camp. Plus, I've already made an episode of it. If you, in case you're curious on what my opinion is on Laidback Camp, I've made an entire um, entire thing about it. Entire episode about it. Not too long ago on the podcast. So I do recommend going listening to that if you haven't yet already. Um, I was going to go over like this little... I think I may still do it, actually. Um, because there is another Laidback Camp or Euro Camp article on here there's a lot of them because of the fact that's airing right now there was a, a really interesting article actually i don't know if i can read this out because this is actually my first time reading this art article myself so i may save it for a, another episode or whatever but probably keep this in the back of my mind but on the website of animenewsnetwork.com there's an article where the eurocamp producer actually talks about how they avoided making the anime to moe <laughs> um so i'll let you read that article because if I do that, I'd be here probably for hours talking once again about Eurocamp. But I can't, I don't really want to do that right now because I'd be recycling words. Anyways, 
One of um, this is this article right here is actually really, really interesting. Kind of in a bad way. So a series that was current that was airing back in the f fall 2020 was it no winter 2020? What is it? Fall 2020? Excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. Uh, titled "The Day I Became a God." The creator of it, Jude Madia, Maida, excuse me, uh, just out of the blue, deactivated his Twitter and just disappeared from the public life. Um, basically, no one except maybe the, his closest friends and family know about his whereabouts and his stuff and all that sort of stuff. He basically just left. Um, and this is, uh, many people do, many people, if you do not know Jude's work, uh, the manga is really incredible. Okay. The day I became a God is incredibly amazing. Okay. Um, but no, but nobody even expected his disappearance. Not even the voice actors of this show. In the sixth episode of The Day I Became a God's radio show, which was posted not too long ago, uh, a few of the voice actors briefly commented on the series creator's most recent disappearance from public life. Around 30 minutes in of the program, the actors comment on how they normally read out a message written by him by this time. However, he didn't leave a message. Um, his personal Twitter account has been deactivated. Uh, and there's no reason as to why he kind of disappeared. But, yeah. Hopefully everything's okay with Jude. I mean, it's not like he's, you know... I don't know. I it became odd for me first reading this sort of article. Um because it did come out that like he it, this was the same person that claimed that he was trying to make this series the day I became a god. He wanted to make this series sadder than Clanad. Um I I I may be twisting some words here. I don't know. That's what I saw online. I think people were... I don't know. He he wanted to make this series quite a tearjerker. The day I became a god. But... There's been a lot of assumptions as to why he disappeared. The most common one is that he was not very happy with the anime adaptation. And then there's others such as... Uh, you know, obviously like... When you create a big manga, the criticisms come in from the Western from the Western fan base because we're just that toxic. Apparently, you know it causes a lot of people to deactivate, do all that sort of stuff. That's another common thing I've seen online as well. But there's no public reason from the creator himself saying, you know, well, why he disappeared. So all we have is assumptions. But that's pretty much 
the entire information from this, in terms of, like, the motive behind the disappearance, is small. But it's still bigger than the amount of information that we have on the next article that I want to talk about here. Which is probably the biggest and possibly most controversial uh, article to have come out this but this month. And that is that Funimation has bought Crunchyroll for a massive amount of money. Can I talk any more about it? No. Why? Because there's no other information about it. Other than Funimation just bought Crunchyroll. If there was any other information about it, I would I would love to have talked about it and possibly give off if it was a bad if it's a bad thing or a good thing. Uh, me and Alex did talk about this in the worst of 2020 because technically I put it in the worst of 2020 because I see this with the information given the fact that it's only only Funimation just bought Crunchyroll for like one point some 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 billion dollars. That, you know, like, it's just gonna kill off another streaming service or whatever. And what that, you know, great Funimation. Funimation's one step away from a monopoly or something like that. I don't know. But he, Alex saw it in a positive way because there could be a chance that Funimation and Crunchyroll could work work together again. Like in the back of the old days on VRV, which I have VRV personally. Where combined, we're used to combine Crunchyroll and Funimation, but Funimation left the program. So now it's Crunchyroll, High Dev, uh, and that's about it in terms of anime. It also has Boomerang, but I'm not watching old cartoons. I'm watching Japanese cartoons. But anyways, who knows what the hell is going to happen with Funimation and Crunchyroll? Because literally the only information we got is just what I've been saying. Crunchyroll, or uh, yeah, Crunchyroll's been bought out by Funimation for an ungodly amount of money. But that's it. But going on to another subject here that I actually want to talk about here. An actually great uh, article here for a lot of uh, Demon Slayer fans. I have to talk about it because this was massive after the uh, in terms of like the Christmas uh, season or whatever. Okay. The movie for Kimetsu no Yaiba uh, has sold... Over 24 million tickets. And it's earned roughly 316 million US dollars. As of its... Now it's got to be its 80th day in the box office. I think. As of recording this, it's probably... Yeah, it's 80th day in the Japanese box office. That has surpassed... The 2002 film Spirited Away. And more than likely will increase. I want to I want to predict double by double this record, might I add. Double this record by the end of this year just because of how massive this series is. Okay. Now, am I a fan of Demon Slayer personally? I think I've said this. I said this last month. When I was talking about Demon Slayer, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not interested in Demon Slayer all that much, but I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna jump on that bandwagon. It's oh, it's popular, so I hate it. I'm not that kind of person. 
if people love this series, then there's got to be a reason why people love this series, okay? There's a reason why a ton of people like Attack on Titan, and it's a reason why Attack on Titan's massively popular right now because of the fact that a lot of people love it, and there's got to be a reasoning for it. Personally, I may not like it, or may, I may not enjoy Attack on Titan or Demon Slayer, but I know a lot of people do. And I can tell by the numbers. And the numbers don't lie with Demon Slayer considering 24 million tickets. Holy moly. 24 million tickets in just 80 days. Less than that, actually. Because on the 73rd day, yeah, 73rd day as of this art, uh, as I'm reading this article, it sold exactly two, 24,049,907 tickets. I didn't want it to be exact the first time I read it out because obviously there was going to be more than that. Even with, um, even with, uh, COVID-19 going all around the fucking world right now and theaters being shut down, the fact that a movie that came out in 2020 beats Spirited Away in the box office is insane because of the fact that you had, you know, like, I'm not saying this because Demon Slayer is bad or <laughs> the film was terrible. No, I'm not saying that. It's because if you think about it, to sell 24 million tickets, movie tickets, in 2020, think about that. That's kind of crazy. Spirited Away to reach this to reach this point took about 250 260 some odd days to reach it this movie here by for demon slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba took them just a few months just at its opening day alone the film sold just about a million tickets and made about $12 million in the box office. It's, well, U.S. dollars, of course. If we're talking about yen, it's $1 billion yen. Okay. And it's even being reported that the film will be screened in North America as, uh, as early as spring or summer. I don't know the I don't know the information on that. It's just it'll be screened in early 2021. So the film's only gonna get bigger from here, especially especially since it has not yet been screened in North America just yet. Though I'm still upset that the Made in Abyss movie will not be screened. I think that one's been confirmed that instead of screening it again, they're just going to Release the Blu-ray bundle. That kind of pisses me off because I was really looking forward to watching the the Maiden Abyss movie. I still have it because I don't want to pirate it, and I didn't really want to watch it on my computer. Um, that may change in the next couple of days, obviously. So, yeah. Other than that, there's got okay. So I'm going to move away from Demon Slayer right now because there is a ton of um of mangas that have recently been announced that they're ending. 
in just a couple of months. Okay. Um, if I had to go over a lot of the mangas that were ending, I could be here for hours talking about them. Not really. Probably like a half hour. But just to save some time, I want to go over three of them that I've recently have seen, read a little bit of, and maybe a lot of other people can um, appreciate, I guess you'll say, because, you know, a lot of these mangas have been going on for ages. The first one here is Cells at Work. Cells at Work is officially going to end uh, in the February 2021 edition of... Uh, uh, the monthly shonen series. Um, the final chapter will center around COVID nineteen, so I expect this chapter to be quite, quite popular, considering it's what's been going on as of twenty twenty. Obviously, <laughs> um, but yeah, sales at work. If you don't know the series. I mean, what I've said already is kind of self-explanatory for anybody who is not familiar with Cells at Work. Um, it's an actual slice of life. I kind of want to call it wholesome in a way because uh, it's kind of like a weird way of figuring out how red blood cells and white blood cells work and stuff like that in the human body. Um, it's the anime equivalent to that, I guess you'll say. And that's been going on for so long now um i say that but it's probably like you know a couple uh the fifth volume was shipped in august of 2017 if that gives you any sort of idea um almost almost four years of a of a gap between the fifth volume and the sixth volume um at least for the english the english version of it I'm not entirely sure about the Japan releases. I could be wrong. Um, but the first season of this anime actually aired back in July of 2018. And it's actually getting a second season as we're speaking. A lot of people know about the second season right now. Winter 2021 has a lot of uh, sequels and this one's one of them. So there's that. Another sequel that is airing right now. Winter 2021. That is ending very shortly soon. Is Nanan Biori. This one's hard for me. As a person who loves. The slow murder uh, genre. To fathom. But it's also even harder to fathom the fact that this series has been going on for 11 goddamn years. And it's ending third season is going to air uh, starting January 10th, so two days after this uh, episode's being uh, released, I think. Two or three days, I can't remember. Um, but this series will end in the uh, um, in the monthly Comic Live magazine's April 2021 issue, which will be released in late February. If you don't know Nanan Biori, it is four elementary turned middle school girls. Their ages vary because they're in rural Japan. And I mean very rural Japan. Very rural Japan. 
countryside Japan. Not even rural Japan, countryside Japan. And they live their daily lives and stuff like that. This series has been going on since 2009. Okay. It's had two animes seasons as of right now. Getting a third one as we're speaking. And a movie. And I've personally have bought the movie. And I don't have it right now, but possibly as of this episode, it's getting uploaded and released and stuff like that. It should be here, but it could be wrong. I bought a EuroCamp calendar not too long ago, and it just got here. And by not too long ago, I mean like I bought it back in October. <laughs> and it, it just shipped to my, or it just got to my house, like, not even yesterday as of recording this. So, yeah, the EuroCamp calendar is amazing. Cannot recommend it. Cal- I'm not one for calendars. My dad is, though, and I've kind of gotten into that 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 fucking habit of getting calendars for animes now, and EuroCamp's one of them. It's a little different, I gotta say, about American calendars, Japanese calendars, but that's a tangent, sorry. But, I watched Nandan Biorti, and would I recommend this show to someone who is not a slow burner person? Maybe? That's tough, because if you're looking for a series that's like, you know, that storytelling, like, hit one after the other, kind of like, action-packed kind of show. You're not going to get that with this series, but what you're going to get is a whole lot of wholesome, slow burner kind of stuff. Kind of like countryside stuff. Uh, Really realistic, as somebody who's lived in the countryside for my entire goddamn life. My entire 19-year-old life. Okay. Um, So... It is realistic to countryside living. So if anybody here lives in the countryside or anybody listening, excuse me, is living in the countryside. Yeah, there's an entire anime about it somehow. There's an entire manga series about it that's been going on for 11 years somehow. There's a ton of chapters to read in this series too. So I don't think season three will cover all of it. I don't think it will. It may cover like at least three quarters, if not just barely over half of what the manga has to offer. Uh, but yes, Nanan Miyordi is ending. Another series that's ending that really I didn't want to talk too much about because it's a very underrated series, but also not much going forward in terms of like availability to read and stuff like that is Hidako Note. Uh, a lot of people don't know this series, uh, but yes, that manga is ending. I watched Hidako No, and I safely assume that this is one of the most underrated series to have ever hit the anime industry. One of them. Top three at least. But that's just me. Because I do like me some wholesome stuff. Uh, wholesome storytelling, wholesome characters. I don't know what it is with me. I'm, you know, it's something that, uh, it's something I didn't think I would get into. Uh, but once I started watching... Sh- like, when I actually started watching anime, when I started watching shows that were, like, wholesome and stuff like that, as, like, a joke, I was like, oh, this is actually kind of entertaining to watch. And then I, I started to watch stuff like Katori Bochi, Seiko Sand, Eurocamp, Nadan Biorti, more so than I did shows like... Uh, uh, like ReZero, Steins Gate. Don't get me wrong, I watched those series. They were good fucking series. 
But if you gave me a show like Attack on Titan or My Hero Academia, I'm just like, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not interested in that series. Don't know why. But I'll watch your camp for like the 11th time. Uh, which, by the way, is getting its second season. So I'm going to watch that second season 100,000 times. I have to watch the live action too. Because it's also getting a second season. But speaking of second seasons, let's talk about the quintuplets. I'm not going to talk much about this series because a lot of people know that it's airing right now. But it's getting its English dub streamed simuldubbed. Might I add simuldubbed by Funimation. I think it's the same cast of characters as well from season one. So there's that. And as well, while we're staying on the subject of quintessential quintuplets. It was also announced that the quintessential quintuplets will be getting its own PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch game. Titled, the quintessential quintuplets, Summer Memories, also come in 5. However, this is not going to be released in North America or Europe. In fact, it's only going to be launched in Japan on March 25th. So if you could somehow get yourself a Japanese P PlayStation 4 and possibly a PlayStation 5 because this should work for a PlayStation 5 or a Nintendo Switch made in Japan, you could potentially get this game and deal with the and go with your own routes. It looks like it'll also have the same art style as the second season of the anime, which is kind of which is kind of unique, not going to lie. I figured they would like try to combine assets from both Season 1 and Season 2. But it looks like it's going full-blown Season 2 animation style. Um, the game's original story will begin during summer vacation after the, the, the school field trip. <laughs> and uh, you'll be trapped on a deserted island with the quintuplets. I'm down to play this game if I somehow get the opportunity to play it. But as since I can't really get a Japanese console as of right now, that's a little tricky. But I'll keep an eye on that. I'll keep an eye on that. <laughs> That'll be on my wish list. Um, in fact, as well, speaking of games that are coming out, uh, I have no information about the next the the EuroCamp games that were supposed to be coming out here. Uh, if you recall from last month's edition of top anime news of the month which was November I talked a lot about how Eurocamp was getting VR games on Steam which is a North American actually a lot of people know what Steam is what am I talking about if you're a gamer a PC gamer you know what Steam is excuse me but it's going to but I have not seen anything about like an upcoming because like ReZero also announced their their game on Steam as well. And I have it in my wish list. I can't pre-order it because <laughs> fuck pre-ordering, according to Steam. But um, it's in my wish list. So if anybody wants to gift me the uh, the game, it's uh, my Steam name is at the Japanaholic1. Gift me some good stuff, please. <laughs> it's not like I got gifted all of the volumes of Nekopara on recording on the podcast. I think it was either best or the worst. I can't remember. Anyway. Oh, it was the worst. I remember. Excuse me. But anyways, I found the ReZero game, which I'm interested in, even though I don't know much about it. Um, but I could not find the EuroCamp games to save my life on Steam. I looked through the VR tags, which I figured it would be there, obviously. 
you know, going through the hundreds of VR hentai games that are coming out for whatever fucking reason that I'll probably still end up buying because I'm a degenerate. I could not find the Eurocamp game. Or it, it, it said it was going to be released in North America, so I'm thinking it's going to come out here in the next couple of months. Maybe. But let me switch subjects here to another thing another follow-up story that I was that I was wanting to talk about here. So was this October or November where I talked about this? It was Comic Cat ninety nine. Uh I I talked about how I don't know how much I talked about it. Um being scheduled. But whatever it is, it just recently got bumped down to a three-day event from May 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Uh, the announcement explained that the committee has continued to discuss ways to hold the event next year, as well as future future excuse me, events after that. And that the situation with the new COVID-19 pandemic and the Tokyo Big Site venue has continued to change throughout the year, which, lay, which led to the change in schedule. If you don't follow the COVID-19 situation in Tokyo, it is getting horrible over there. Uh, but it kind of is no surprise considering they've been doing the whole process of cramping people in trance again. And that leads to a bunch of people getting infected every single day. Um, it seems like every other day it seems like they're breaking the record for infections per day. It hit the quadruple digits, over a thousand, uh, just not too long ago. Uh, for the first time ever, I think, ever. Either ever or ever since the pandemic started in Japan. I can't remember. Um, but... Um, also at the bottom here, let me see this. Uh, it looks like as well the Tokyo 2021 Olympics are going to be moved to a July 23rd start. Yeah, okay. So, um, I don't know the original start date for Summer Olympics. I think it was like June. Something like that. Was it June? I can't remember when they were originally supposed to start, but it looks like now they're saying it's going to start, hopefully, July 23rd, 2021. Which I also looked this up, and Japan still plans on opening the borders for tourist travelers in April. But with how things have been going on recently, I expect an article coming out here very soon to say, uh, we're going to push that back just a couple more months. Knowing my fucking luck, too. Um, pretty much, I'll go over, actually, I'll go over that stuff and the New Year's resolution stuff, because I do have a couple resolutions that I want to talk about here. Uh, not just for the podcast, but for my YouTube channel as well. But I'll save that for an episode after next week, which is coincidentally, coincidentally, ties into this final article that I want to talk about here. It's about VTubers. Virtual YouTuber views grew to over 1.5 billion views per month by October 2020. Now this is kind of old considering it's October 2020 but the article didn't come out until December 
posted by the at YouTube creators official Twitter page. The trend report uh, reports, coincidentally enough, huh, that the VTuber views have grown very, very massively over the past few years. But not as much as 2020. In the graph, it shows it starts from January 2016, where it was like it started off good and then it declines very obvious. It, it just declined. And then it grew a little bit and steadied, and then it grew a little bit, and then it went down. And then it went up really big in like 2017 or, yeah, 2017, early 2017. Then just kept dipping down for the next three or so years. And then 2020 rolls around. It's just like, hey, we know you like virtual YouTubers. So let's start recommending them on your platform. Next thing you know, it grew to over a hundred or excuse me, 1.5 billion views per month. Uh, according to the survey reported by the video, 47% of viewers are open to watching content from creators or characters who are fictional or virtual. Virtual entertainment on the Chinese video streaming platform Bilby. I think I said that right. Maybe not. <laughs> Has also become an increasingly popular contact category, particularly since the out since the outbreak of COVID-19. According to our November press release, virtual live stream average monthly viewing hours increased by over 200% between January and October, compared compared with the same period last year. So between January and October, people have watched more uh, virtual YouTubers than in the than last year. Out of surprise? No. <laughs> nope. 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 Whatsoever. No. I went over. Yeah, we already went over the best database of 2020 to our opinions and stuff like that. So there's not much else to talk about in terms of content like that. And coincidentally enough, that kind of fits really well with where I want to end this episode because I don't like to go more than 40 minutes on a on a podcast episode or whatever. Well, that is until next week when we talk about virtual virtual YouTubers. We're going to be talking quite a bit about them and stuff like that. So hopefully y'all tuned in for that episode. Albeit if you're looking for family friendly, you're not really going to get much out of that. I don't think you are. But if you are new to the Japanaholic Podcast, if this is your first episode, please hit that follow button. And if you're on Spotify, I, th I don't know if this is on anywhere else. I've only noticed this on Spotify because I'm a main Spotify user. Sorry. Sorry if you listen to this anywhere else. But I just I just like Spotify. But anyways, uh, if you can find out a way to keep uh, updated, you can either click on a bell or some way to turn on notifications. If you're on Spotify, you get notifications when there's a new episode out. Uh, but if you want an easier way of knowing when I upload a podcast episode or when an episode has been completed, uh, done, or just like to see some wholesome memes on Twitter, and I put those in air quotes, uh, then you can follow my Twitter page, which is at the Japanaholic one. You can email the podcast, um, JapanaholicPC at gmail.com, where you can submit in your criticisms, feedback, questions, comments, concerns, whatever you want to that email. And I will probably read it off here on this podcast. 
I want to say also real quick, just another special shout out to Italy, just because of the fact that this for the month of December, I think, was number one in the animation and manga podcast. Thank you. Uh, hopefully that number one also goes into many other countries here in the next couple of months. But I'll talk more about that in the next couple of weeks. But thank you all so much for tuning in to the Japanaholic Podcast. I've been Taylor Fry, the Certified Japanaholic, signing off. See you next week. Maybe. Good night.